It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We got Eric, we got AJ, we got Rudo. We're talking obstacles, problems. Uh, uh, you know, it's a hump day topic, as it were, since it is a Wednesday uh, we will get into all of that. Should be an, an interesting show. I'm curious to see what you guys think the Avs might have to deal with some of this season. Before we do, the Avs did play a game allegedly yesterday. Oh yeah, I f- actually forgot. <laughs> I genuinely forgot that that happened. Uh, they lost three to one. Nobody could watch it. Andre Pavel scored a shorthanded goal that I still haven't seen a highlight of. So <laughs> that happened. The stars were happy to show all their goals. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Neat. I don't know. It went down. Not sure what to take of it because uh, I wasn't in Dallas. So it is what it is. There is one preseason game left. I, I, I mean, I do want to have one conversation about this before we get into the, the problems. Both Sam Malinsky and Jack Ashan still with the team. Mm-hmm. Is there a is there a battle here? Brad Hunt also still with the team. Can can something be earned in this final preseason game still, or is this just one last look and then we'll send them down? For my money, no. Okay. Because they've said, and most teams usually use the sixth preseason game as a like a tune up for as close to the real squad as they're going to get. Sure. You know, anybody that's dealing with like a day to day or a nagging thing like may not play, but everybody else i don't think if jack Ashan plays tomorrow or sam malinsky plays tomorrow there's anything that they're going to do in that one single preseason game that's going to say Change we have lines. to keep this guy over brad hunt a guy who played 40 games for them last year and yep. as we've covered extensively this preseason is like perfect for the exact role the abs would be asking of him okay the one thing that i do think is interesting in this is that because we don't have a timeline for Pavel Francouz, if he were to start the year on LTIR, you do have that extra it cap. It gives in them the, spot. the cap space yeah. where they could say we're going to keep two defensemen if they wanted to. Sure. So they could keep Jackashan and Brad Hunt or Sam Malinsky, like they whatever Whoever, combination, yeah. yeah, of those three guys. But I don't think that there's anything to be won for them in the, in these last couple of days of camp. Uh, I just think it's probably the team looking at it and saying, hey, we're, they're still around our coaching staff. They're around the guys. We're getting a look at them. We're getting an idea of what it would look like if they were here during the season. They're getting into, they're getting an idea of what a regular practice schedule and rhythm would look like. You know, it just, it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. So true. they're just, it's a free, it's, it's like a free trial run of if this guy makes the team at some point this year, which 
you know, certainly we think with Sam Malinsky is a fair bet. There should be some games. Yeah. Who knows if it's a short call-up or whatever. Right. But I agree with AJ. The, the only thing I'm going to put my coach's hat on. Yeah. You know, training can be practiced a lot more than you do during the season. And, yeah. And you got to remember, coaches are, you know, they get all excited like 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 we do, like fans do, like everybody does. And so they, they built their training camp, you know, obviously uh, probably last month they sat down they they met at family sports and you know drew up all the practices and everything and and a lot of drills are teaching drills as we saw right when we were you know yeah. as we see every day they're different and, and like you said it's it's an extended look for, for for guys that are usually not here but also the types of drills that they do might require for example eight d's it's an easier drill if you have eight right sure. and then yeah so it's like why would we just send guys down now even though they know we all know mm -hmm. and somewhere somehow the kid probably doesn't know because there's still that hope right that you're going to be there which is awesome uh you you don't want to take that away from 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 any player but i do believe sometimes it's about numbers and what is it manson played last, was it last night yeah last night then today and then practice correct or don't know off the top of my head. I, I'm going to say. Yeah, I actually don't remember. I, I'm I'm going to go on a right now. I hate when you don't see it. You know, was it? I mean, he played last game or the game or whatever. But then I don't, I don't believe he was on the ice this morning. So, again, not reading into it. Probably was going to be the, the the case or the the course for for him, which was play and then take the day off right a maintenance day he's back here do it a little bit yeah yeah you know what i mean just mm -hmm. to see how it flares up or whatever it is that he's yeah you know, um so so somewhere somehow i'm not reading anything into this in a sense that i think it's what you read into it is that those guys were the best for the record he the played best. yeah 17 yeah. minutes so that was night. last night yeah, yeah yeah that's what i mean no, i was listening to the radio so that's how i i'm just like not visual but like intellectually uh, so, I think it's the guys that are there, the the Malinskis, the Shani, all the guys that I think we all thought would be there towards the end, right? You know, yep. and then that's you get an extended look at them, and they'll be here at some point this year. I think certainly Hunt and Malinsky were guys where it's like, as you told us three weeks ago, they were no going to be here for be the shocked. Almost, yeah. the day before the last preseason game. We'd be like, yeah, all right, that tracks. Yeah. Sean is like, yeah, he was like the one, like, okay. Who's the guy that we don't know that sticks around? Yeah, and doesn't get cut. There's always a couple. Uh, it's all the forwards this year. I mean, a, a lot of these guys are hurt. Yeah. So like when I update my roster numbers every day, you know, it's they're down to 23 forwards, uh, nine defensemen, and three goaltenders. Well, it's really two because the one goaltender's hurt. Um, yeah. Like half of those forwards are guys that are at the moment battling injuries. The the yeah. excess yeah. forwards, yeah, yeah. the ones are guys battling injuries. Bocages and Bocage, Foodie, Poland, Landeskog is on that okay. list. Like, so you're already down to 19. Right well, there. and, and yeah. still on that roster is Cal Ritchie. So mm -hmm. it's like there's a lot of guys that are there where you're like these guys aren't really competing for the spot. Yeah. It, uh, it's just a it's a paper <laughs> transaction that needs to take place. Jedliska now. Yeah. Also on the injury train. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the record, I saw. Or a tweet out of Slovakia today saying that Jedliska four to five months that bad for his injury his injury and it interrupted what the plan had become which was that he was set to sign a contract with the Avs and stay in North America tough so I wonder if he still signs but 
And it's like, we'll see. Four to five months is still four to five months. Yeah, yeah. that's the majority of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if that ends up accurate, I don't know who it was. I don't know the veracity of that report. I'm just saying I saw it. and There's something that's out there. And and like, you know how it is. Like, there are people in those smaller countries, European countries that are more connected to those scenes because they super closely follow those guys that, that come out of it. You know, we see it in Finland all the time, too. Um, where you get just little tidbits of information. So I just I saw Some, that his local town reporter. Or yeah, whatever yeah. Is, somebody, yeah. somebody that might like know his dad or something. Yeah. For all I know, it was his dad. Like I, <laughs> you know, like I just don't know. I I just saw it in Slovakian and was like, okay, cool. I Google translated it and was like, all right. Yeah. That guy could be. I could be getting got right now. Like I have no idea. <laughs> but just saying, I saw that. If that ends up being true, then because we had this conversation on yesterday's show of like, hey. Could they be having that conversation? And yeah. if that ends up being true, then it sounds like it was. Between Evan speaking Russian and you speaking Slovakian, uh, we got a lot of that range covered at this point. Uh, the other side of this, the forward side, the guys that are healthy, I don't think it's that surprising that Riley Tufty has hung around. One, we know the no. Avs have liked him. Two, he's played pretty well this preseason. Mm-hmm. So... We've kind of already had the conversation about him and and being maybe the thirteenth forward, but a guy that they tend would probably prefer to play down in Loveland and be a call up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, Yoel Kiviranta, still here on a PTO. So is Brandon Cozen. So is Brandon Cozen. Do you think uh, Do you think the Avs are interested in these guys, or is this uh, we're just giving you the full runway? Maybe someone else will pick you up. Well. I think it might be a little bit of both, right? Sure. You know, relationship with the agent and, you know, hey, we're going to keep him the whole camp, see what happens. And, you know, at least we'll give him a great look. And I'm not sure how many games Cozen has played, but he's played but a few. At least two, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then Kiberanto's played, a, like, a, a I want to say three, yeah. there, you know. So I think sometimes it's just a little deal you make before and then and, and get a good look at him, too. I mean, who knows? And who knows what they're doing? And. Yeah. Uh, who knows if they're switching anything else? We we don't know that. I mean, we we assume that they're not. So that would be tough for, for example, Kiviranta to to find the spot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So just, I mean, that's just looking at numbers. It's yeah. just math, right? I mean, yeah. there's, there's only so many you can fit in. Has Kiviranta outplayed any of these other guys? For my my money. Yeah. The no, no. No. Not in my book. You know. Uh, <laughs> same with Koza. Again, we'll see, and then see what happens with these guys and then if there's no takers for them then you know do they end up in 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 eagles you know what i mean on, on even on ahl deals the way or whatever holland, I mean, holland is already committed yeah to exactly I, who, who knows right you know so we don't know what's what's really taking place on behind doors but uh, closed doors but yeah i mean i'm not surprised i, I think that again you, you're running some different types of drills in training camp and then you need yeah. numbers you need lines and you know Sometimes easier to run a practice with five, six lines than it is than a regular season, uh, you know, drills, which yep. they're going to get to. Obviously, their numbers. When is the deadline? It's, uh, it's the ninth, or is it? So we're a couple days away. Yeah. You know, from. He said deadline in my brain. No, no, I mean, yeah, trade. not trade deadline. It's March 3rd. Deadline. Yeah. It's like <laughs> March 9th. So it's yeah. like especially confusing. <laughs> roster writers. Exactly. Roster deadline. Yeah. And then I think, uh, it might I be the 8th. I, I thought it was the 9th, but it could be the 8th. Whatever I mean, the roster is. I mean, and then coaches will, will, will get to, all right, this is where we're in week. their mind. <laughs> this is our, 
opening night, you know, lineup, and then they're going to have a few practices and get themselves ready to go and up the tempo a little bit for, for, for those practices and be ready to go in uh, that, that first night there in you, L.A., right? You have to start worrying a little bit about numbers, right? Yep. Like when you're talking about Kozad and Kiviranta. Yeah. And, I mean, even Peter Holland, that if is, that's an NHL deal, right. you're not giving – you can't give NHL deals to all three of those guys. I mean, no. even even if it's an AHL deal, your AHL team's starting to get pretty full. Like, yeah, but like you know how it is in the AHL where they I, will I they will it. lose guys to both directions. Yeah, where guys will go to Utah and some guys will go to Denver, and so like I don't mind that glut as much because yeah. it tends to work itself out over time. You just don't want a vet problem, which is not fun. Yeah, like, but because you <laughs> don't fun for anybody, which they don't really have. Well, and, no, and I'm like, just saying. But if you're, you know, if you're signing no, all those no, guys, totally. next thing you know, right? You're, you're, you're getting. You do there. have it. You <laughs> yeah. create it, yeah, and you create and it. you are talking about two yeah. of your better prospects yeah. that are pushing on the NHL door. Look, we have to give him full credit here. He got reassigned today, but Oscar Olauson had a very good preseason. He did. Oh, yeah, he did. And Jared Bednar reflected that, saying, "Huge jump for him." Yeah, big growth, yeah. Uh, and if and that they not for Riley Tufty. You might be looking at him as first wing call up. Like, like he well, and he even said a realistic call up option, like a real call up option yeah. for us after this camp. And we know these things stick with Bedner and this coaching staff mm-hmm. for the first like two to three months yeah. of the season, really till the All Star break. Even I, okay, if we, even if we extend it to that, yeah. so like you're talking, you get a couple of injuries in and. You know, if they do call up a Riley Tufty and it doesn't go very well. Oh, Lawson's right there. Yeah, yeah, you move on and you've got an Oscar Lawson that you can turn to. And he's a different type, right? You know, so yeah. I think they have different types of, of guys, different types of fits for those call-ups. So it's kind of nice. I think for the first time in a little bit, you know, they do have some nice options. The other guy, we haven't seen him because he's been hurt all preseason, but Jean-Luc Foudy is a yep, guy who yep. had was in that conversation. major momentum coming out of last season, a big breakout at the AHL level. Uh, and a guy who he played nine games with the Avs. Yep. It was kind of hard to to remember it because who didn't play nine games with the Avs? How last many names year? do you have to go through? Now? Yeah, <laughs> I think the Avs used a franchise record forty one or forty two players last season, yeah, was, which yeah. is an astronomical Outrate. number. That's a whole nother roster yeah. of players. Well, consider like. there are fifty max contracts, and the Avs usually hang out in the low forties, low yep. to mid forties range. Yep. Pretty much everyone. Yeah. I, I went back and I couldn't find last year's roster, but it was like there were like seven guys that I could think of <laughs> that did not appear for the Avalanche last year. It's not many. Yeah. It's not. When you think about the Dallas Stars that are like, why why are all these ex-stars now in the Avs organization? Because they didn't need to use any of those guys. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> so it's... It, it is like a numbers game, though, of like, yeah. hey, if you, you know, if you're going to sign Kiviranta, you probably can't sign Kozen. Yep. You know, if you're going to sign Holland, you probably shouldn't. No Kiro or whoever. Well, yeah. and, and like, you really, really, really should not give two NHL deals to any combination of those three players. Yeah. Uh, you already are dealing with the uh, dealing with, like, you have the good <laughs> problem of you like what Ben Myers does, you like what Frederick Olofsson does, you yeah. like what Riley Tufty does. That's 12, 13, 14, right off the top. At, at a certain point, you committed Ignoring to your Ignoring yeah. that Curtis McDermott is still right there <laughs> yeah. and going to be on this roster. So, you know, you're, we haven't even seriously dug into it. We're at 14, 15 guys. Yep. So, you know, then then if you give Kiviranta a deal, what does that mean for Olauson? What does it mean for Foodie? Where are they? Because you yeah. do still care about giving young players looks yep. and some opportunities, those little NHL tastes. 
So, because you don't want them getting disillusioned either. We've seen that in recent years with the Martin Couts and Shane Bowers of the world where guys got down because they weren't getting opportunities and it was hard for that. You know, it was a mental grind for them that, that could have been avoided with just a little carrot. And that's where I struggle with with Kiviranta here. And I get he has significantly more NHL experience than someone like an Olausen. But, but not style, so much, though. Well, stylistically, they play a pretty similar game, right? Yeah. Kiviranta is not someone who's going to go out there and grind other teams into the dirt. Right. He's someone looking to shoot, get open, and play a more offensive style yeah, game. Yeah, and this is why he didn't work out in Dallas, because that's not what they look for in yep. their bottom six. That's what a lot of teams aren't looking for in their bottom yep. six. So, because if you're going to be like that guy, you need to be like a Tomas Tatar. You know, yep. you need to be much more of a defensively responsible skill guy that can produce. You can't be a really low production guy and then also not be good at the other, like the dirtier aspects the of the of game, it, yeah. like the, the rough and tumble stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, Kiviranta, for my money in, at this point, yes, I would take Kiviranta over Peter Holland and Brandon Cozen. But if they wanted the additional center option, Peter Holland should be the guy, especially mm -hmm. with the NHL experience, you know, whatever. He feels like, okay, that's fine. But you've got to pick one if you're going to sign one. Yep. I, you can't have them all. My ideal would be don't sign any of them to NHL deals. Give give an I, AHL deal to one or two of them and then move on. Look, but, the, the way Riley Tufty played, he has a the wing spot locked up as far as I'm concerned as the guys who were coming in new to the avalanche organization. Yeah, definitely. And like we're, I, I mentioned they could keep an extra guy defensively. Yep. If they put Francois on LTR, they could just keep Tufty and not send him through waivers. You keep Tufty, you keep McDermott, and then you have Olofsson or Myers as your 4C. That's the, that's like the roster construction that you go through. Yep. But you want, you want options, you want depth options, but you don't want a log jam either. You know, yeah. I mean, if yep. there is a log jam, what I mean by that is what, Bruto kind of just said, like, you don't want your young guys to not develop because there's a few of those older guys that are, you know, different, you know, they're not prospects anymore, but they're, you know, well, serviceable call-ups. If, if Peter Holland is pushing Ben Myers to the third line in the AHL, you've got a problem, that's, right? That's like, kind of what you, I'm saying. You've yeah. really cut off yeah. your nose to spite your yeah. face at that point. <laughs> right. When, like, you're going to reward Oscar Olauson for coming into camp and having his best preseason as a pro. By putting him on your third line in the yeah, AHL. You, like, you, him the you want to put him. You want Lawson. You want to reward Foodie for the great year he had for you last yep. year. You want to put those guys. Again, assuming Foodie would be healthy. We don't know what that status is. But, like, you want those guys in the top six playing lots and lots and lots of minutes. It's no offense to Yoel Kiviranta, but... Uh, yeah, you want depth, not a logjam. That's what I meant. Yep. You know what I mean? That's exactly the best yeah. way to describe it for me. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. Yeah. Well, if you want a log jam of a sandwich, <laughs> Snarfs Dude. is the place to get one. Dude. <laughs> You're all about Snarfs I got, now? I got the chicken cordon bleu from Snarfs the other day. Not normally a uh, thing that I go sure, for, but sure. I was really feeling it. Was it worth? It felt me back. <laughs> it was delish. <laughs> get it was your delish. <laughs> Look, tons of amazing sandwiches at Snarfs. You can't go wrong. They have the freshest ingredients. They also bake their own bread, which Ugh, the bread alone, dude. you could just like, I could devour a loaf of their bread like, by itself. True story. There are parts of every Snarf sandwich in which I just take it apart because, you know, I'm a food deconstructor. You are a deconstructor. And I'll just eat the bread on its own because <laughs> it is go. so good, man, when it's like fresh and warm. And, mm. Deconstructor himself recommends the bread. So mm -hmm. go get it. Go check it out today. They have tons of different sandwiches, including, uh, I don't think we have them on the set today, but they're. Jardinera uh, spiciness peppers that you can put on your home sandwiches. They sell in a jar. Mm. You can take that home. 
Oh, are they? I can't. Are they behind the bucket? Yeah, they're oh, right there. Okay, with a the mustache. There. With a mustache. <laughs> they got the mustache on. So uh, go check them out if you haven't. Snarf's a delicious place to get a sandwich. They also have a burger joint if you're more of a burger guy. Uh, if you want to get good discounts, you can download the Snarf's app today and use code DNVRFANS to get a BOGO 7-inch sub. Again, you can get that hooked up by downloading Snarf's app, make an account, go to the more section and click on coupons and hit the DNVR fans code in there. Enjoy your sandwiches. Also brought to you by the folks over at Fubo TV, the easiest way to get all of your Colorado sports. You can go to FuboTV.com slash DNVR to sign up and to get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro, which will give you over 140 channels of sports, shows, movies, news, a bunch of live TV available to you. Uh, you can start watching immediately with a free trial as well. There's no contract. There's no hassle. You get a thousand-hour cloud DVR included at no extra charge. It's just a super easy way to watch your television, something that hasn't been that easy in Colorado as of late. So you can go to FuboTV.com slash DNVR or use that QR code on screen to get signed up with Fubo. Make sure you're watching all of your favorite Colorado sports and get 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Just real quick, this comment from Billy saying, I think they need a 4C option. That's Ben for Myers, a right? And loved one. But it's not just Ben Myers. Look at the guy that scored the shorthanded goal last night. It's Andre Pavel sure. as well. Sure. <coughs> so when you. <coughs> we were also talking about this log jam, this numbers game. They've got the college free agents. Andre Pavel, Jason Pullen, yep. outside of the injury issues this preseason, has looked good. Andre Pavel also had the, had injury issues from over the summer, and those guys got into games and looked good. Yep. And they need to play top nine roles in Loveland yep. for the Eagles. Like, Agree. These are the guys that you're talking about in the mix, and that's why signing a Kiviranta, guys like that. The PTOs had to come in and look so much better than those guys mm -hmm. to earn a contract, and they just didn't quite get to the level of undeniability. The one, the one thing that they, the, the, the avenue that they, those guys had, it was the avenue that Freddie Olofsson kind of slid into. Of yep, you need to do a good job as a four C, because the wing spots were pretty in full. Colorado yeah. were so deep yeah. already that you had all four lines worth of wings figured out. You're pretty comfortable with Curtis McDermott as 13 there. Riley Tufty outplayed everybody pretty easily for 14. Yep. You know, hell, 13, 14, Tufty, McDermott, interchangeable, whatever. And you had Ben Myers as the either de facto or backup 4C the whole time. Right. And and if he's not, he could he could be one of those wing options. We saw him on plenty of wing as well. Yep. So that's that's kind of the struggle of the PTO life is that you have to come in and knock some socks off. And this group of PTOs, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't Not by any stretch. You know, it, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, what was the defenseman? Uh, Jared Cowan. It wasn't like when Jared Cowan got here and was like, oh, my hips feel great. And it was just like total YOLO. The athleticism was gone. Yeah. He just couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, it wasn't Artem Anisimov who came in here and Looked like an oil tanker skating around on the ice. <laughs> got you know? another PTO this year, by the way. Yeah, he just got released today. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, he got Where released he? by Detroit oh. from his PTO. Bad guy, Detroit. Shocker. <laughs> so, like those, like those guys, they came in and you were like, "This is shockingly bad." Like those guys physically just couldn't. It was a very hang. easy decision. Yeah. Yeah, and so that was that was different. The guys this year haven't had that issue. 
They've been a solid group of PTOs. I really wish we could have gotten to see what a healthy Saku Menelainen would have done. Yeah, I Because I think he would have really upped the ante. I would have spent most of this preseason crusading for him to take Andrew Cogliano's job. I think Megan and I were on that train, too, basically. But if he wasn't healthy, if he can't pass on physical, man. Yeah, so... Well, I think an interesting part of this conversation is let's be real about where the Avs are. This is a team trying to win a Stanley Cup. Definitely. This is not Chicago, who has gigantic holes in their roster. <laughs> They've got spots to burn, baby. Right. They, you're not going to pick up a guy to play 4C for you that... Kiviranta had nine points in 70 games last year, man. Oh, yeah, but, but that's why. If, if Like you said, it's a nice little crop of PTOs. Your guy wasn't there because you were excited about him. <laughs> but <laughs> your guy, your guy, my guy. Um, Our guy. But, but I think if I'm Kiviranta <laughs> and company, you just said it. It's a team that's that wants to win the Stanley Cup. Therefore, there's good players. I'm going to look good. I'm going to get out there sure. and get some decent looks. And like we talk about all the time, there's a dozen, 13, 14 teams every game mm-hmm. in the press box. And he's got the you know the assurance from some CMAC or somebody in the organization that, hey, we will give him you know a fair four shake, games, a fair yeah. shake, and you know we need that because we don't want to tax our guys. Our guys aren't going to play a lot. We saw what well, if Mac plays, that's his second game. If Miko plays, that's his second game. Not a lot of games, so yeah, yeah don't worry. We're going to give him a fair shake, and and you know if it works out for us because of however it shakes out, there's always injuries, there's always different things. Sometimes you get a trade that. You know, you've been working on for months, and all of a sudden it goes quiet, but then it whoop, it comes right back because something happened uh, down the street in a different team, and then there's a big injury, and they're like, you know mm-hmm. what? I want to make that trade. Now you're like, oh, whoa. It opens up a spot. We don't know what that is. Yeah. I, I would doubt that. Chicago C-Mac calls and, and says, hey, we really, really want Ben Myers to play in the NHL for us this but year. But here you go. You know what I mean? You know what I mean. And then, but it opens up. So if I'm keeping Ron Todd and those guys, yeah, why not? I'm going to go there, and if it doesn't work with the Avs, which ultimately he probably, and I'm not saying it won't. I'm saying it's very slim chances, right? Yep. Um, I mean, PTOs are guys that are on the outside yeah. looking in, unless but, it's Jack Johnson. But who you go in a good thing. situation. You go in a good situation and and hope that somebody else that's in the press box sees that you can be of added value to to uh, to their team. And I think they've been in, a, like you said, it was a good crop of PTOs. They did well. We'll see what happens, whether it's here or somewhere else. But honestly victim of just the organization they signed the PTO with, you know, like yep. the using, just using Chicago as this example, Chicago is a team that has seven fourth line guys that they're going to try and trade all these guys to contenders at the deadline yeah. and call up a bunch of dudes from the age. Like that's their, they've got roster spots there yeah. that PTO guys can go in and compete for and realistically make every one of these PTO guys saw, especially after the Tatar signing, you yeah. Which happened late enough that you could probably dream a little bit, yeah. but like, that's still one spot, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You you saw that Ad, Kiviranta wasn't winning a third line job in Colorado. No. Like, even even before the Tatar signing, you were saying, okay, at most they've got two jobs, two jobs that I can go and compete with eight guys for. Yep. But I'll get a good look, and I think that's what he got. Yeah. Oh, I, totally. I well, in, in in terms of PTOs getting a fair shake, I felt like this preseason is as balanced as I can remember the Avalanche being in terms of just giving a lot of different guys a lot of looks. For sure. And one, I think that speaks to how the how the Abs feel about their own organizational depth. I think they like 
the guys that are 22 through 30 in their organization. Yeah, I agree. I think they're comfortable with them to yeah. a certain extent. And yeah. they've been looking at Kiviranta and Kozin and all these guys and saying, can this guy be 26? And for me, that hasn't happened, but victim of circumstance more than just they're bad. Sure. Those are some of the obstacles the PTOs are facing. I want to get into some of the obstacles the Avs are facing. We talked about Dallas the other day, mm-hmm. one of their primary competitors in the West. But there are a number of other things to talk about here. The first of which, something that we know isn't necessarily in their control, but we watched a team get beat up by injuries last year. Yeah. Is there anything the Avs can do besides just hope they're a little bit luckier this year to avoid some of that? I genuinely I don't know the answer to this question like I don't know if there's a thing because it's not it's not like the abs are getting groin pulls right you know and like these soft tissue injuries that are usually conditioning or um, a guy being out of shape or something like that like those are the kinds of things that that happen when guys get hurt because they're not prepared mm-hmm. you know you're we're talking like guy gets a messed up oblique yep Guy, you know, breaks an ankle, you know, concussions, you know, yeah, breaks, literally breaks a neck. Like you're, you're talking about like things, these, these things just happen, but it sure anecdotally feels like it happens to the abs a lot. And while their man games lost over the last handful of years before last season, were more like middle of the road. It always felt like high profile injuries, even in their cup run. Andre Burakovsky breaks yeah. a, breaks a Miss, finger and his misses foot. most of the Cup final. Nazem Kadri obviously with the uh, breaks the thumb. Cogliano like, same injury. <laughs> yeah, Cogliano also breaks that the breaks his thumb. Nico Sturm had the broken arm. Yep. Or like the minor fracture what or whatever a, it was with the playable. He had, yeah. He had the arm injury that he was kind of in and out. Like yep. Val's foot. <laughs> yeah, at the at the very very end. Yep. Yeah, and. So it, it did sort of feel like, geez, man, you know, and we forget Darren Helm's career, unfortunately, ended Yep. because he got like cross checked in the back of the neck or something Yep. Uh, by Will Borgen, who got away with everything in that series. It wasn't yeah, even a penalty. Did. Yeah. My gosh. So I, like injuries is the easy obstacle, but that is it, it is obviously more applicable to the avalanche after last year. But also all 32 teams are going just stay healthy, just stay healthy and let us see <laughs> the team that we built and see what it is. We can all be Dallas every once in a while when it comes to the injury luck. Dallas and Calgary both. You're they just, just at those organizations. Yeah, they're like, immune. Uh, I, I will say this about the injury, having looked at it pretty extensively. I think this year's schedule for the Avs is much more conducive to a healthy year. Boom. The Avs had a couple of months last year that were just never stops games 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 you side effect of finland i think it was march that they did not have a single two-day break in last year and this year every single month they have at least two two two-day breaks they have only eight back-to-backs total Mm -hmm. it's it's a year that is a lot less brutal when it comes to that and you know i i get it that only does so much for you it helps but it doesn't hurt yeah exactly i mean I was thinking this morning, you know, looking at obstacles, you know, and that was my number one thing, injury. I mean, if you followed the abs, you, you, you'd you be a moron not to know what happened last year, right? I mean, we all know that. It's not an excuse. It's reality. I mean, they totally. they got beat up. 
Yep. Uh, and I, Rudo just touched on it. For me, schedule has a lot to do with it. I, I, I didn't like their schedule last year. I didn't like their short summer. I didn't like the the Finland trip. I didn't like, and, and I know those are that was things a really that, hard combination of the it, short it, summer and the Finland. If you add trip. everything up, and those back to backs, and not only if you dig into those back to backs, man, I don't have it in front of me, but if I remember, you're playing the opponent actually that was actually sitting. They played a lot of rest. Actually, that it's, does happen again this year. It does happen a lot, but. It's a different game. If you have two tired teams, it's a different game. Yeah. If you have a tired team and a non-tired team on a back-to-back, it's it's yeah. a different game. Yeah. And I do believe all the combinations of all that stuff last year runs into bad luck, right? Because when it's a broken bone, it's a broken bone. I mean, the guy takes a shot, hits you in the angle, you you know, you break your bone or your hand. I mean, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Turns out that two-day I mean, break didn't matter in yeah, that, didn't for matter. that injury. Not, yeah. But I do believe this year they're more suited to, you know, we're going to knock on, I'll knock on wood. Um, they're more suited to have a better season that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, which will help. And then I do believe just <coughs> with the rest, just with the rest only, you know, meaning the longer summer, I think we'll have a lot to do with it. I think so too. I, I think people really weren't prepared for the experience of that short a summer yeah. in the NHL. And I don't. the Avs weren't the only ones that suffered from that. You saw a number of teams oh, yeah. have... Vegas outrageous numbers of injuries last yeah. season, so I do but, think there is a little something. And to it's that. funny because what happens with Vegas? They have a horrible injury luck. But it all comes together for them. Yeah. But Mark Stone magically healthy for Game One of the postseason. Yep. Gabe Landeskog, not. Yep. You know they get the Avs get into this into the postseason series. Arturi Lekkinen gets hurt, plays through it, but he's hurt. Yep. Obviously Val Nichushkin, that is a non-injury, but like a. One of those as a team, you know, you build a team and you're just yeah. like, come on. That's that's one of those things where you just out of your control, you yep. just can't. You have to live with it. You know, the Nachushkin thing is obviously in Nachushkin's control, but the team's control. But no. yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, it it's just tough. Like that's, and it's the worst feeling too. Oh my god, as an athlete, you just want to help out, and then all of a sudden you get hurt. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, you're like, oh, tell me that this, you know. You, I, again, you can break your hand. It just depends where, and you can actually play. And then if it's at some place, you can play. Yeah. And it's, there's a. It's not even a pain tolerance thing. It's. It's just the way you hold your stick or mm -hmm. where it is. So I think it just you know was bad luck, bad luck all around. And you know hopefully that luck runs out, and now they go on to better luck. You know what I mean? It's funny. It's like don't you're not even asking for good luck. You're just asking for not bad that's, luck. That's it. Yeah. Yep. You can have 250 man games lost. You can get through that, yeah. You know, especially if 82 of them are landy. <laughs> yeah, like, that does help. Yeah, yeah like if, you're if a fourth of them <laughs> come from one guy that you already know isn't going to play for you, you can live with that. Nothing against Pavel Francouz either, but if your backup goalie's hurt, that's one you can survive. <laughs> right. Yeah, if you end up with um, 150 man games lost from a guy that you never had, you, you were not planning on having anyway, and your backup goalie, manageable. Yep. Yes, sir. Uh, on that note, 
I do got to tell you guys about becoming a DNVR diehard. It's a great time to do it with the hockey season just around the corner. You sign up, you get access to a bunch of our extra content beyond just what you see here on YouTube. So highly recommend you do that. And, you know, help support us does that too, which we appreciate. When you do sign up, you get a free shirt with your membership. You also get 20% off all of our merch all the time, 20% off events. Uh, you get 15% off your bar tab, all sorts of awesome stuff when you become a diehard. So get in there, go check it out, consider supporting us, and we're even doing more than that. Look, we really enjoy having all y'all at the bar for all of the sporting events that we have, but we want to start doing more stuff than that. We want to start having other events. We want to give you guys reasons to come down to the bar. That includes this Friday. We're doing an event called Next from Nashville. It's totally free. You can come down for happy hour between 6 to 8. You get $4 well whiskey, $20 mix and match buckets. And we're having performances by Emily Falvey, Josh Dore, and SJ McDonald. These are people who have written songs for people like Walker Hayes, Jordan Davis, Cody Johnson, John Party, Carly Pierce, Jimmy Allen, and Co. Wetzel. So... If you're into that scene, if you're into the country scene this Friday at the DNVR bar for happy hour, come have a good time. Come hang out with some of the DNVR folks and enjoy some music and some drinks. It should be fun. We hope to see you there this Friday. Uh, also brought to you by Bacchus and Shanker. If you have been injured in something that is not your fault, whether it's a car accident or if it was at work or something weird happened downtown, I don't know. You can call 222-2222 today or go to coloradolaw.net to get a free consultation from Bacchus and Shanker. They think you have a case, they'll take it on and you pay them nothing up front. You don't pay them until they win your case, which they will very, very likely do. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients in the 25 years they've been doing this, so they're very good at it. Call that two number today, get your free consultation from Bacchus and Shanker and get what you deserve. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast, obstacles facing the Avs this year. Where would you guys rank this as a chemistry or some of the new guys not living <coughs> up to expectation? Is that high on the list of concerns for you this year or is that something that you think the Avs will be able to manage? Chemistry in particular? Chemistry with the new guys, I would say, yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go first. Um, that That's one of the notes I wrote, you know, okay. like this morning. It was more, I wouldn't say it's an obstacle. I'm just hoping that chemistry comes quicker rather than later. I mean, sure. I, I'd be a dummy to say, no, I'd rather have it come later. <laughs> I don't I don't know who would think that, but... But I, I do mean that because sometimes I, I think that they have a very smart coaching staff. Um, I think they've proven to be really smart. They've proven to find the right combinations. I think that they have so many uh, people, players, that they can mix and match. You know what I mean? Like, and, and they can say, I'll take this one. I'll put him right here. I'll take this one, put him right here. Uh, am I splitting up McKinnon, Rantanen? Am I, am I sure. keeping them together? Um, I do believe that they have smart hockey players that they signed the, the you know the what's his uh Ross Colton and and Thomas Tatar and 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 Miles was a different kind of player more a north south player but with speed but but those guys have all been around the league it's just sometimes it just takes a little bit of time i just don't want it to take too much time uh okay. even with Druin you know what i mean like yep. where is my chemistry is it with 
like back then with Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. Is it? I mean, let's I, be honest, you know, decades a long time. No, no, that's, Those what two are very I, different I, players. that's what I'm yeah. saying. I, I just hope that they find their chemistry uh, r- sooner rather than later. And, and I do believe they will. But that was one of the concerns, you know, when you're thinking obstacles, you know, because on paper, that lineup is stacked. It's just a matter of how do you go about it. I, mean, I think we've been looking at it for, for a few weeks now. But we all know that it might not exactly be that. And I think that if they can find their chemistry quicker, then I think the obstacle is out of the way. Well, and this is why it's an obstacle, especially in comparison to Dallas. Of Dallas's top nine forwards, one one new new guy. guy. Duchesne. Yep. One new guy. Of the 13 forwards currently listed on their NHL roster, three new guys. Yeah. The Avs have six. And like... Oh, no, Sam Steele and Craig Smith are taking a while to get their chemistry going or whatever. Like, (laughs) okay. Can live with that one. Yeah, Yeah. it's very different when you're talking about seven for the Avalanche forward core. Yeah. Over half of your forward core. You you need, you have new centers on your second, (laughs) third, and fourth lines. (laughs) Yep. And one of those lines is all new guys. (laughs) Well, you have... You are talking pretty much no matter how you cut it, two new guys in your top six. Yep. At, at so least, a third of your at a third of two, your top yeah. six. Your entire third line. Yeah. And then a fourth line center. Right. And but that made up for the continuity on defense. Which nobody is knew. Identical, yeah. You have nobody new. And that's why for some guys it will be different. You know, the 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 abs have a pretty a uh, certain style of playing, right? You know what I mean? They're fast and they're tenacious, and sometimes you're not used to that. Like you better get used to it because they don't. They're they're here to win a Stanley Cup. They're here. It's all business. They don't have time to wait for you. So I do believe. I think the new guys, though, to their defense, is they knew what they got themselves into, mm-hmm. right? They yeah. knew, and, and I think they were looking for that. Yep. Right. Miles Wood said that. A lot of guys said that. Russ Colton said that to us in our show. Yeah. So I, I do believe that it won't be an issue. I just want to make sure it's not a, you know, a topic. It could be. I mean, you could understand where we've talked about how this this top nine part of the appeal is that there's a lot of different variations of line combinations that are intriguing in different ways. Yes. You know, if you have Arturi Leckett and Nathan McKinnon and Jonathan Duran then you're talking about Val Nachushkin, Ryan Johansson, Miko Rantanen. Yep. That's a very different look for a top That's six right. than swapping Lekkanen and Rantanen, and you have what? the Halifax homies alongside Miko and Nate, who have been running and gunning for years. Yeah. Well, and I think it is worth bringing up that the best-case scenario is there's enough chemistry to mix and match at any given moment because yeah. we know Bednar loves to swap things around. Yeah. You, you try to avoid locking in two guys that are stuck together no matter what, if you can. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and last year, they didn't have that luxury. Exactly. They needed to move Miko away yeah. from Nate at times because they Just had to. Just out of to. pure necessity. Yeah. Exactly, because they had to try and get scoring from a different line. Yeah. But we also saw that when they were together, they were just unstoppable. Yep. Yeah. It, and, and at times it was the same kind of conversation with Taves and Makar. For sure. Wouldn't it be better if you could play, you know, Taves and Byram, Taves and Gerard? You know, However and, you want to mix it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and move. You've got two of the 15 best defensemen in the NHL. 
having them on different pairs is a great chess piece for you as a coaching staff. But also, isn't the ultimate chess piece just Taves and McCarr together? And so, like, this finding of chemistry, it is a really important part of the early season. And for once, we're not talking about it after three straight years of doing it. Yep. We're not talking about it with a goalie. Yep. That's right. Georgiev is back. Yeah. And to Megan's point the other day of... The adjustment period. Exactly. Yep. She's still, she still... She made the point that Georgiev is still going to be adjusting behind a consistent defense and a more consistent team in front of him, which will be very different than the roller coaster of last year. But in terms of systems and the coaching and what's yep. being asked, he knows all that now. He's comfortable yeah. with that. He's a year into that process. Yep. So it's a very different kind of obstacle of like, it's a good problem to have. Oh, you've got nine guys that you want to play in nine different combinations. Feels pretty Chances good. Chances are, yep. through an 82-game season, you'll see most of them at some point. Yeah. You'll get an idea of what they'll look like. And best case scenario, the lines that you put together on just night one stay together. just work. <laughs> but that's just not how it usually goes. Yep. Nope. And, and, you know, some of that is streakiness as much as that anything else. Oh, yeah. With Even in 2022, what line did Burakovsky not play on at one point in that season? Totally. Like, he I mean, was all over the place. Game one of the postseason. He's on the third, third line. line. Yeah, exactly. He's, so. Andre Burakovsky is playing on a line with Nicholas Ave Kubel. <laughs> the year that they were so stacked they couldn't not win the cup. <laughs> Burakovsky and Ave Kubel were line mates in game one of the postseason. Wild times. Like it, it takes a village. Yep. Yeah. It does take a, a lot. Uh, Eric, I want to go to your list over there. What what's top in your list besides the, the topics we've already covered? Yeah, I got a couple more, but this this one was I don't know how to phrase it, but it's more like for me, um, you got to erase last year, you know, yeah, sure. it's because of what we talked about injuries and again, don't hold any grudges. <sighs> yeah, you, know, you got you got, but I, if I'm a, if I'm a guy in the NHL and I play for T Max, you always measure yourself against the top teams in the league. So of course. Vegas is going to be, you know, targeted this year because they won last year. Mm -hmm. So you always get hyped up. But I'll tell you one thing. If you ask around guys around the National Hockey League, they talk about the Avs as that team, too. They're still too. targeted so a little you're, bit. So yeah. you want to make sure you're on top of your game every time you face the Avalanche. And they're going to face that again like they did last year. Mm -hmm. And I thought they responded well. Uh, with all the injuries, and, and that's why I thought it was a masterful coaching job last year, winning yep. the division. I thought it was Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. So, but I do see this again as an obstacle this year because I do believe teams are going to gun for them because you want to see how good you are, first of all, individually. Hey, I want to see how good I am next to McKinnon. I want to see how good I am next to McCarr. They're going to get know, the league's best every night. The league's yeah. best, right? I, I, I want to go against... They won the how close are we as a team to winning this whole thing how close are yeah. we to the summit so i think they are a measuring stick for the national hockey league they i see are. that as an obstacle but i see that as they know how to do it again it's funny to me uh, so i remember last year i was in winnipeg when the abs went up to winnipeg the first time yep and got bodied yep I they had yes. mckinnon rantanen and mccarr and basically nobody else. John Luke Foodie took a, basically every penalty in the rule book that night, <laughs> and it was it was a in total it was a tough night, right? <laughs> and the city of Winnipeg 
uh, through a parade yeah. the next day. They, they thought they were the hottest. <laughs> it was. I listened to every radio program and every podcast uh, in Winnipeg for the next forty-eight hours, and it was all just the high five, man. It was. They were. They had arrived. Yeah. And it was because they beat the Abs in a November hockey game. Yes. And, you know. Winnipeg like narrowly avoided setting an <laughs> NHL record and becoming the first NHL team in history to be first in the conference halfway miss, through yeah. and then miss the postseason. Yeah. Narrowly avoided that uh, in, infamous bit of history. But we know we know that that's how teams view the avalanche. And I think it is interesting you say it's an obstacle because I think it's an opportunity. Yeah. Because for me, that is a that is what you are about in in terms of your culture. Is that if you know every team's going to give you their best shot every night? You've got to get up. There's no, you know, we there were nights last year. They lost a, a lot of bad teams. It took them. They had to have a three goal comeback in Anaheim one game. Yep. Yeah. You know they they lose three to two in Chicago. I melt down on our show because it was like their seventh straight loss or something. Like they, there were some bad nights last six. year. Yeah. There were some bad nights, and they got it together. And they did. They did. But that also drained them heavily. Yes. Right. And by the time they got to the postseason, uh, having to chase the division all year. Yep. You could see the difference of it from the year before, where they spent the last ten games just lollygagging around, yep. just having a good old time, doing whatever they wanted, just waiting. And then game one of the playoffs started, and it, they flipped the switch. Time. Yeah. They smoked Nashville. Game one of the playoffs started last year, and Seattle punched him in the mouth. Yep. They weren't ready for it. Yep. And they had a hard time getting up off the mat from it because they just were worn down. They were. And and I don't view that as an obstacle this year, assuming that the injuries don't force them to play Kale McCarr 28 minutes, sure. you know, those, those right, types of things. Right, right. I see, I see great. Other teams want to view them as a measuring stick. The abs should use that as a measuring stick as well. This is who we are, this is our DNA. We are the final boss. We are the apex predator of the West in particular, but of the NHL. Teams want to come into our barn with something to prove. We have something to prove too. And it's that you don't belong on the ice with us. Here, And this is where I'm going to continue to make this point all season. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just get tired it. of yeah. it. No, but, but, I, but I agree with you. You have, you have elite players who are pissed off. Yep. Yeah. And this is every night is an opportunity for them to remind everybody out there of who they are. Here's something I think that could help the Avs with that. And you'll hear more about this in our division previews later this week. I don't think the West is that good. Obviously, you have Dallas, you have Vegas, Edmonton, maybe LA gets into that conversation this year. But there are a lot of mid teams in yeah. the West this year. I asked you guys this off air the other day. I'll ask it on air. Which teams? Well, we'll stay out West for right now. Sure. Which teams? Going into the season would shock you, shock you, if they miss the playoffs. I think in the West, Dallas would. Be, I would be really surprised if Dallas misses. I'd be really surprised if Vegas misses. I'd be a little surprised if Edmonton misses. That's and then Colorado. Has. And Colorado, of course. And so there's four. That's it. The you other have four out of sixteen teams. The other twelve teams in the West would not blow me away if they've missed. Which teams out of the West would? Shock you if they made the playoffs. San Jose, Anaheim, Chicago, Anaheim, Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah. So there's three. Anybody else? 
I don't shock think you so. if they make I don't, it. I, I, Someone's going to sneak in. I mean, spoilers. I'm, I'm a bit of a believer in Arizona this year, so. All right. That's okay. That, I think that's it. So you've got four teams that you should definitely make the playoffs. Three that should. Three that should definitely not make the playoffs. So that's over half that's the conference. Seven of 16 that's teams. just in the middle. Exactly. Yeah. It's tough. That's, uh, that's a lot of murkiness right there. And this is why you want elite players. <laughs> but because on you. any given night, your best players are better than those guys. Yep. You have the advantage against those teams. But I love your point. I, again, that was my, if you remember when I started, I said, it's not really an obstacle. Yes. Said, but it's like, you know, it's just a mindset of teams yeah. coming in, you know. But I agree with you. Yeah. They want the challenge because you can't just turn the switch on when playoff starts. That doesn't work. Yeah. I you mean, you got to be running all We year. We say that. We saw it two years ago where yeah. the last 10 games of the season, they took it easy. They went four, five, and one, and we're not playing very hard. That the they played a game in Winnipeg for like their like like seventy seventh game or whatever it was that year, and I went to that morning skate and it is the most relaxed <laughs> I have ever seen an Avalanche team on game day. They did not care one bit about the result of that game, not one bit. I talked to JT Comfer and he was like, "We could probably play a little harder." I think not it, we're going to yeah we probably could I think there's a a difference there though flipping the switch after 10 games of getting yourself as healthy as possible yeah. is, is different than flipping Very. the switch after 40 games yeah, of yeah. slogging through it for right. a while trying to so. amp up after you have been in desperation mode yeah. for 14 weeks yeah. right <laughs> and you're trying to get to another level beyond that yeah, you're like, not going to I remember in 98 uh, I'm gonna say 98. 98 and Mike Keen used to harp on that all the time because we had one of those seasons like this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you we're not just gonna be able to turn the switch on. And then he was right, Th 3 1 up in Edmonton, and he fell apart. It happens. I still have nightmares about Ryan Smith from that oh, series, God. him just running into Patrick Waugh. <laughs> we couldn't, we couldn't get it together, we just <laughs> couldn't do it. It happens every yeah. year, well, it happens. And you know what. It happened last year. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Just couldn't get no, it together. That's exactly like you said. It could you not get it together. We couldn't get back the, up. So. Well, I, the thing is, I think the Avs did get it together last year for Game Seven. But when you when it comes down to a best of one, well, anything that, can yeah, happen. That's a that's a coin flip. Yeah, exactly. Well, and like you had to be great in Game Six to even get there. Yep. They were. They body Seattle in Game Six. Yep. And they are by far the better team in Game Seven. But yeah. just didn't matter. Hockey yeah. things. Yeah, exactly. It was one of the it was one of those nights as game sevens frequently are. Certainly for the abs. <laughs> oh, I mean they haven't won a game seven almost two decades at this point. I think two thousand two was yeah. the last one that they've won. Really? It, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, I think so. It might be like two thousand six. Is that is San that Jose our, Sharks? Our next obstacle on the list is Game 7s for Colorado. <laughs> I guess, man. Well, hey, look, buddy, if it's Game 7 in the Cup Final, yeah. F yeah, it is. Hardly an obstacle at that <laughs> yeah. point. It's quite the, it's the <laughs> ultimate obstacle. But also, like... But you, boy, well, is that payoff You've conquered a lot of obstacles if you made it to that obstacle. I don't know. I, I, I think the worst thing would be... Eric, I'll just ask you this. Would it be the worst thing as a player to win 15 playoff games and not win the Stanley Cup? Oh. I never got there. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I got to the semis a few times. 
but but I would say yes. I would say that would be I I, I don't know how you recover from that. Like you just <laughs> as a player, it's like because I think when you're young in your career, you think you if it happens to you when you're young, I think you think you can get there. Oh, we're gonna get there every year, and then next thing you know, you're 15 more years later, you're still in the NHL. You're like, oh my god, never got back there. Yeah. It's not easy to get there. So I would say that that is tough. It is tough to do as a player. Um, some teams have done it. Obviously, we know that. Um, New Jersey and, after 2001. And, well, yeah. exactly. Or even like if you're, if you're older, the Edmonton Oilers, right? No, that's how they said they. Oh yeah. You, know, you got to learn how to lose, but it, to lose that way, though, again, like you know, again, it wasn't Game Seven, but I'm saying you lose in the finals. It's a tough feeling. Like it's, oh, it's a tough one. You're gonna need a few Breck brews if you lose in Game Seven of the Cup yes, Final. We'll put do. it that way. So go get your Breckenridge Bloody brewery beer. <laughs> More than a few. <laughs> it would be that. It would be that bucket, yeah. <laughs> and then some. Times maybe. four. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> you can get your Broncos country. You can get your Avalanche Amber. You can go to breckbrew.com to find it near you with their Breck beer locator online anywhere in the fifty United States. Or like I mentioned, come down to the bar, drink some here. We've got eight different kinds on tap for you here. Check them out. We love Breck brew over here, and then. When you uh, follow the team that wins the thing, you can get your Stanley Cup bobbleheads over at FOCO. Go to FOCO.com today. Use code DNVR. You get 10% off your order. They've got bobbleheads. They've got licensed apparel. They've got everything you need as a sports fan to support your team. So go check them out. You can find all sorts of cool merch over there. Even if you're on any major sports team in the U.S. It doesn't have to be hockey. It doesn't have to be uh Anything specific, you can be a fan of the Seattle Kraken if you want to be, which, why? But you can be. Uh, Foco.com, go check them out. Use the DNVR code Because you spent the last 15 years being Seahawks fans and you think this is easy. <laughs> That's right. Uh, anything else we want to add? Any obstacles beyond what we've talked about here? Yeah, I think, I think the one that we just haven't touched on is disappointment. It's sure. the fact that there's a reality here, okay? Like, if you're making pro and con list of all the guys in Colorado's lineup, the new guys especially, because the guys that are returning, you're very comfortable with. They're pretty stable. You're really comfortable yeah. with LOC and Cogliano. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. You're very comfortable with Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Val Lachushkin, and Artari Lackanen. If they're in the lineup, you know what they are. You know you have a very good range of, like, expectations of this would be a bad <laughs> season, this would be a good season, this is... Best case, worst case, whatever. Yep. Ross Colton. What if Ross Colton can't handle it? Would what we, if Ross Colton can't replace be the surprised, but jack sure. of all trades? And Ross Colton's probably the guy I'm least concerned yeah, about. Yeah, but would agree. What if he's? What if he can't do the jack of all trades job that JT Comfort did? What if Ryan Johansson is washed? You have a big problem, yep. and then your priorities at the trade deadline change significantly from. A 6D we're to trying a, to get yeah. a 6D to we're trying a to get. 2C. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And what if. Uh, what if Tomas Tatar, you know, the fact that he scored like five empty net goals last yeah. year to boost that total to 20. What if it's really like it's done for him, you know, and he's really on the downslope? He's 32. That aging curve can it, hit. Exactly. Yeah. That's right in that area where those kind of like middle. Roster guys, if they slip even a little bit, it's hard for them to stay relevant in the NHL. Yep. <laughs> what if that happens? And the ultimate what if here, what if Jonathan Duran just sucks? Yeah. 
not after yesterday's pod. <laughs> Shakespeare. Look, they don't know that yet. <laughs> they there, haven't heard that yet. Are, oh my god, I'm sorry. There sorry, are plenty sorry. of people that think Shakespeare oh, sucks, right, to right. be fair. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like, we have to, like one of the obstacles here is that they made a bunch of rebound candidate bets. If you buy five scratch tickets, not all five of them are going to win. Yep. You know, and and like Ross Colton doesn't feel like scratch ticket. It feels pretty, even if he stays exactly the same as he was the last two years. Is he overpaid a little bit? Sure. Is he still a quality player? Yes. Miles Wood, same thing. That's why I didn't even include him on this list. He just is what he is. He's going to be fine here. Whatever. Look, given the Avs pro scouting, it feels like most of these scratch tickets already have two good numbers scratched <laughs> off on them. So. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. <laughs> but like, Ryan Johansson is a guy that hasn't been able to like. True. Jonathan Duran, there are questions here. Maybe not an obstacle, but one more little point is more. There's only so many jerseys, right? If everyone's healthy, there's only so many spots, for example, on the power play. Yeah. So now if you're doing the two power plays, someone's a uh, man out. Yep. Someone that's been on the power play is not there. You want to make sure that expectations are all on the same page. Yeah. Everybody's on the, you know, on the same wavelength, and there's no... It's human nature sometimes. It's not that you're a bad teammate. It's just, you know, you're accustomed to being on the par. Now you're not on the par. Like, yeah. You just got to make sure that, again, not an obstacle, but when you have so many options right now, once every, you know, when everybody's healthy, yeah, then you want to make sure that everybody's on the same page. It definitely needs to be clear-cut messaging from the coaching staff of this is what we view you as. Yes. Yep. And it's not Tomas Tatar being pissed. Like, yeah. Hey, Jonathan Duran has four goals on December 10th, and you're and he's like, "Can I have that guy's job, please?" You know, like you need to. Well, yeah. and that's part of becoming a championship team is some guys got to swallow their egos, right? You have to play well, your role. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to. And well, and this is this is where Curtis McDermott is really valuable as he a knows guy exactly because exactly what he is. There's yeah. no bones. He has no bones about. Oh, I'm going to be in the starting lineup here. You know, he. He ought to know at this point that even if there are injuries and there are opportunities to get him into a playoff game, he's not first on that list. Yep. You know, and having a guy that accepts that and says, I'm okay with that and still comes to the rink and still works hard and still pushes the other guys to up their games and all, it's valuable. Yeah. But yes, having guys that are willing to fit into roles, it you literally cannot win without it. You cannot do it. It is never going to happen in any team sport where a bunch of individuals are out for themselves. We see this time and time again with USA basketball yep. in international competition. They don't build up any cohesion as a team. It's a bunch of great talent. That are they all have no time themselves. together yep. because they don't, they don't work as a team. They don't build as a team. They don't spend years doing it. Yep. They get into international competition. They get bought by, by Lithuania. It happens. Because that's a team. Because those are guys that slide into roles and accept jobs and know how to be successful in those spots. Yep. I will say the Avalanche, one of the reasons why I'm so high on them this year, they are significantly better prepared for exactly that. Tomas Tatar has been a middle six guy for the last number of years. Miles Wood, same Miles thing. Miles Wood, same thing. Ross Colton is not coming in here thinking he's going to be playing next to Nathan McKinnon. Yep. He's being brought in from day one to say, okay, you're going to be our 3C. Yep. That helps. It does. It does. Setting proper expectations yep. for guys helps. That was my point. 
I mean, I, I think it's it's hard not to feel pretty confident about Colorado, even with some of the obstacles that they're facing. This year. And like, you know, obviously the ultimate goal, <laughs> a lot of things have to go your way. When your obstacles don't include we need better players, you're <laughs> living good, pretty it's good. It's a good place to be. You're walking <laughs> into a good place to start the season. <laughs> Uh, all right, I think we're going to wrap up today's show. We appreciate all of y'all hanging out with us today. Tomorrow we will be doing a post-game late night after the Vegas game, so keep your eyes peeled late night for that one as we break down the final preseason game of the year. So excited we get to watch it. Yeah, one we actually get to watch. We should, should get to see a pretty decent hockey game. Close to NHL lineups, hopefully. Feed up with some snarfs. Yeah, there you go. Oh, dude, there you that's go. exactly... We should do a watch-along yeah, at that point. Now you're, now you're talking my language right there. Uh, <laughs> we are getting out of here, though. Do keep it locked to the YouTube either tonight or tomorrow morning. Our first season preview video is dropping, so... Get ready, folks. It's going to come quick. We're going to be into it fast. We appreciate y'all, and we will see you in the next one.